Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We and talk about all sorts and, of dirty stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. You know, I'm going to try something, which is an old voiceover trick, which I've never done because I've never done old voiceover. But anyway, I'm going to say that exact same thing but with a smile on my face. And let's see if you guys hear any difference. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. No, I just feel sort of foolish. And also, it hurt my face a little. It's not used to that sort of expression. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in my studio. Yes, still in the studio with my husband, Daniel. Given the butt location update. What is that whistling out there? Yeah, they need to know where my butt is. In my mind, they have like a heat-seeking map. Mm-hmm. With it charts the location of my butt. It's like the equivalent of when you see an Instagram post and it tells where the post was. You know, they have yes, the location. I've this is what you're it. doing. Yeah, it says in the studio. But for real, did you not hear a whistling sound? I did. Oh, what was that? Uh, I have no idea because I only barely heard was it. Was it a spring whistler? Yeah. They're migrating right now. Anyway, welcome to another exciting episode. I may have already said that. I got distracted by the spring whistler. Um, Lots to get into this time. So let's just figure out where to start. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Yeah, got a real long night's sleep this last night, which was nice. Yeah, for me, it was broken up because I woke up, got up with the kids and Mm -hmm. then went back to sleep. Uh, But then you just had an uninterrupted slumber. Intense. I think maybe I... I think around the time you got up, I may have slightly gotten up because what happened was the last two or three hours of sleep, I had these intense dreams that I remember vividly. And I I can only, I normally don't. So I think that's because I was kind of awake. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know when you're like really, really asleep and you Mm -hmm. dream and you don't remember your dream, but if you're kind of awake, but you're dreaming, you remember the dream. That's what was happening. And, uh, Anyway, it was uh, it was nice to get some sleep. I feel rested. I feel like we should. I also had crazy dreams, and I'm debating sharing them because one is kind of funny. Um, I think we should share that I am sitting across the table from a different looking man yeah. than the one that I've been seeing for the last six years. Yeah, you. When I met you, you were clean shaven. Yeah. And then in 2014, you grew your grief beard after our dog died. And you have, I hadn't put it together till the recent shavening. You hadn't shaved in that entire time. However, you just shaved. Mm-hmm. And every time I see you, I'm like a little bit. It's weird. Who is that? 
It's weird. It's weird for me. Uh, like, I had... And, and just to tease what you're going to find out in 45 seconds, there was a medical reason that he had to shave. But didn't we talk about it? Just in case this is the first time. <laughs> Welcome to the show. There was a medical reason he had uh, to shave. Yeah, I had a dermatology appointment and he wanted me shaven to... And by the way, it was a good thing that I did because he found some more uh, precancerous stuff on my face. This is the... This is what you get when you grow up in the 70s in Tucson and you're pale like me with red hair. Uh, 30 years later, uh, cancer starts popping up all over your face. Did you guys use sunscreen? Did they believe honestly, in sunscreen? or was Honestly, this- I don't remember. I mean, I think maybe my grandmother had me put sunscreen on a couple times, uh, although a couple times she didn't, and I got really <laughs> badly burned, and I remember that pretty well. But... Um, Right, no, what and we your, had your grandfather shamed you for being in pain over your sunburn. That's true. Yes, what, he, tell me what happened. Uh, I got roasted. Ro- I mean, roasted. We went to the beach, and you don't mean like they were making jokes at your expense. No, this is what happened. I got. I went, we went to the beach, spent the day at the beach, and I. I mean, it was. I was red. Okay, and it was extremely painful. <laughs> And I was complaining about it. And my grandfather kept saying, it doesn't hurt. Suck it up. You know, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I actually do, I have thought about this a lot because I do attribute that to, uh, I learned a skill as a result of that, which was to tolerate, learn how to tolerate pain. Um, He was wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. That it didn't hurt. How old were you? <laughs> <laughs> it did. Uh, I was probably like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but because there was no patience mm-hmm. for my suffering, um, there I learned how to like, how to... Suck it up? How, how to handle the pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, you know, this makes my grandfather look like a bad guy. He he wasn't. He was a great guy. He was a guy who grew up, you know, in a different era. He went to World War II, and there was just like a, a he valued stoicism and just don't complain, you know. And so he was trying to teach me that lesson, and I appreciate that. I wouldn't do that, you know, with Elliot, and maybe that will make him not be able to tolerate pain. I don't know, but I have. Many questions mm. when it's time. But um, just to back to growing up in Tucson, no, there was no sunscreen. What there was was suntan oil, which was <laughs> literally the opposite of sunscreen. It was like, and, uh, you know, um, my mom and stepdad were uh, into tanning. Mm-hmm. They were uh, also into not wearing clothes. Nude tanning, specifically. <laughs> nude, nude I mean, tanning. I guess tanning doesn't work when you have clothes on. Well, you know. Not the spots that the clothes cover. Right. Uh, and uh, I think that I was always just wanting to be tan. Mm-hmm. And so I would not put sunscreen on in this futile attempt to, to tan. Because you, you can't tan, right? Well, I can sort of get some color. like if, But it's, it's got to be like gradual over the course of a summer like i my arms and hands and things will get darker mm-hmm. you know but that's through like little but but there's no like sit out for 15 20 minutes a day and you'll get tan uh uh-uh. it just get pink have you ever gone to a tanning booth yes what what, what, what do tell but then we've got to get back to the I went in for stuff. 4 minutes <laughs> 
Wait, but I need this. Why? Where? When? Because there's a girl at work who was like. But what time of your? Two, where were you? This what was time in, of your life? This was um, probably my early 30s. And there's a girl, maybe late 20s. Oh, I'm and a there was flabbergasted. A, I figured it would have been when you were younger. No. And there was a girl at work who did who went to a tanning salon uh, relatively frequently. And she was like, you know, you should go with me. You know, we'll do it. It's really easy. You just go in for, you know what? You're pale, so go in for a couple minutes. And I went and, you know, you know how you go to the doctor's office and they're like experts. Mm-hmm. I was like foolishly thinking that the person who works at a tanning <laughs> salon is somehow like a dermatologist. So I was like, how, how long should I go in? They're like, well, you know, for, but of course it's some just idiot off the street, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and I, it was like I got so roasted. Four minutes in that fucking thing, and I was just burned. Actually, I actually think that that might be what activated oh. a lot of my skin cancer, to be honest. But um, although they say like thirty years after really bad burns is when you start to get them, so you know who knows. Um, did you have a crush on her? I didn't. Well, because um, why else would you do this for for a girl? No, I didn't. But I, she was cute. And I think when I first met her, I was like, oh, she's cute. But then, um, so there was something about her that um, that I, f- I sensed. I don't want this to sound wrong, but it's, it's I, I, f- I sensed a deep insecurity in her that um, to me made her feel to me like a child. Like there was, there was, like an insecurity uh, vulnerability she, she was just she was just like had no so, no self esteem mm-hmm. right and she um i so that 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 for me is just like whatever interest i have sexually i don't want to put that in a weird terms but like like in having a relationship uh-huh. let's just put it that way like just goes away but that's not to say that i lose compassion for them it's just i don't it's not a turn on it's a turnoff to me that when when someone because I feel like I it, it's like it changes the dynamic. It makes it instead of uh, she's somebody who's like a peer, she becomes like a child, and I become like a, a not a father figure, but like a more of a you know. There's what's that book? Um, oh fuck! There's a book where it's all about psycholo- how we. There's like three transactional analysis. Or no, well, maybe that's what it's called. But there's I, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the book, but it's a psych, psychology book, and there's like three games people play. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I bought that and was so disappointed because I thought it was going to be like the one where they they don't call you because they like you too much, but instead it was just it a bunch of play? little like puzzles of how people relate to each other. But but one thing that I took from that that's true, I think, is like there are basically three ways that you, that you can relate to a person yes. as a as a parent as a peer and as a child and um and then so it's people, like either it, peer to ex- peer right and when and conflict arises when people are not on the same page about how they're related yes right so you you both like one's a child one's a parent and if you both agree then it's fine if it's peer to peer you agree but if it's like one person thinks they're the parent and the other person you know what i mean thinks so, they're a peer yeah so what it did is it it moved it from peer to peer to parent child mm-hmm. and then i felt protective of her and i have deep like i care about her but i i'm not in the way that would want to be in a relationship with her it's 
um, is another way of saying what you're saying that like she had no core. Yeah, it was just a, there sounds was just more a, like less less about self esteem and more about like there was no inner like they're there, so therefore you would become like on a pedestal to her. Maybe to I, I don't know that she put me on a pedestal so much, but it it just felt like I need I felt like I needed to protect her. And that's not a turn on to me. That's not a. That's not well, see, an attractor. See, that's super interesting because isn't the damsel in distress trope? I'm sure for people it is. You or know? is that? But is that some? Is that something different than what she was? I mean, I think that that yeah, I think that's. I think other guys liked that, but I think the, unfortunately the kind of guys, it, it, in this case, the kind of guys who were attracted to that were also guys who were sort of predatory. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get into more with her because, you know, it's a long story what happened with her, but it's like, I don't even think I know. Do I? Uh, she ended up, well, I guess I will get into it. She ended up, um, going into beca- porn. Yes. Then I do know. Okay. Yeah. She ended up becoming a stripper and then getting into porn. And it's just so I mean, I she seemed. I don't know. Like I, I've lost touch with her a long time ago. I, I hope she's really happy with that choice and like where she is with her life. Do um, you think she is? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, but it just, it was just like when you sometimes when you think of a person and you think like, what's the worst way that this person's trajectory could go? And I was like that. And then it did, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like I, that that carries with it a lot of judgment. And maybe for her, it isn't negative, And I hope it isn't. And I really don't know. Like, I think that that honestly, like a per- I feel like a person can go into sex work and have it be positive for them. Um, it isn't quite the business it was in the 70s or whatever. But I do. I do think that there's a an exploitative nature to it that can that for somebody with a particular um, set of, uh, you know, psychological issues it's probably not the best choice let's just put it that way i don't mean to be so like high-minded but i am in favor of legalization of all of that from a pragmatic standpoint however actually i think that that'll keep it safer too but i don't know that i think that someone can go into it in an empowered way there was a time of my life where i definitely did think that but I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I haven't given it enough thought. I I know um, there are people out there, activists, who I've read some of their stuff and and they make a case. And I I'm open minded about that. Let's just put it that way. I think I believe in legalization. I believe that this stuff should you know. Do um, how would you feel if I went into it just to bring in a little money <laughs> just right now? Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Cool. Um. But I forgot how we got into all this. You're talking about your grandfather, which is oh no, she so she had me go to a tanning salon, (laughs) and uh, yeah, and that's and I went one time, and that was the end of that. Uh, Not the best choice for me, for me personally. Excuse me, I don't know if you guys heard that, but my throat had something to say. Now, as we're talking, I'm staring at just a big red old blotch on your nose. Oh, I'm but, sorry. I don't mean to make you self conscious. But we're talking about shaving my face. Yes. So I had to shave my face, and here I, I knew to brace myself for what you were going to find, for what I was going to see, and looking back at me in the mirror because I haven't seen this face since like what 2014, six years ago. 
but I have an, a mental image of what I looked like. Mm. So it's not like I was unfamiliar with what I was going to see. Right. But it turns out I was. And here's what I hadn't fully... Accounted for? Uh, yeah, like predicted, which was how I look six years into my 40s. And let me tell you, it's shocking. <laughs> I actually think you look younger. I look both younger and older simultaneously. It's weird. I like I look older relative to what it, it's... It's like I had an image in my head, and so there's this immediate contrast of six years. It's like I aged mm-hmm. six years in, mm-hmm. in an instant. Like I can, I can tell you exactly what's happened to my face in six years. Like, let's hear it. Well, well, the fat that is in your cheeks. We all have like fat in our cheeks, and as we get older, it just like goes down. Right, right. It turns into jowls. So I'm getting like a little bit of jowl action here. My 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 neck is a little bit. There's a little bit more fleshy. Uh, yeah, my face is a little bit wider at the base, a little. Like, it used to be like this. Like, if I pull up the this fat right mm-hmm. here on my cheeks, if I pull it up from my chin, my jawline up to my cheeks, that's kind of more how I used to look. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, I'm going to be getting some plastic surgery or something. <laughs> I have to. So, you thought that Elliot might be really thrown by this new freshly shorn you so you um included elliot in the shaving which was very sweet and mm-hmm. like you know had him right next to you and explained everything he could not have given less of a fuck no but that's fine i, I didn't m- need him to be super interested in what was happening <laughs> yeah. so much as he understood what was happening right um, i don't even think he noticed that you look different i mean he must have actually because he's very observant like this morning he came up and by the way this does wonders for your uh, self-esteem. He came up really close to me and he went, but pointed at some sort of indeterminate point on my face and went, Mommy, what's that? <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, that red. And I realized he was pointing at the corner of my eye. Yeah. Um, and he had that like ashen look on his face. Like, what is that red thing on your face? And so then I, I explained as part of your, I was able to distract him because I said, it's part of your eye. It's called the lacrimal caruncle which I think is what it's Jesus. called. Um, and he thought that was funny. In casual parlance, I refer to it as the Igina. Mm. I got to look up if it's, I didn't, my, my friend came up with that. I didn't come up with that. I got to look up um, if that is really called the lacrimal caruncle. Um, I think he might be freaked out because I had a piece of my nose carved off. For that makes biopsy. it sound more, that makes it sound like a bigger wounding well, there's than you a big, had. There's a pretty big wound on my nose. Yeah, but it's not like your nose is concave. Anyway, he... You had to have something removed from He nose. was like, what is that? And then I told him I had a boo-boo. And then I told him... He kept asking, like, well, what caused it? And he started to cry. Because <laughs> he was scared. Because uh-huh. I told him. And... um, So I, you know, I, I reassured him. But I think now he is... Attuned to because I told red him like because I told him that I get boo boos on my face because I didn't wear sunscreen. Oh God, that's gonna scare the. Crap I know, but out I him. want him to fucking wear sunscreen. Okay, so a yeah, little but- bit I wanted to scare him into wearing sunscreen. I wanted to motivate him to want to wear sunscreen. I don't know about that. Okay, go ahead. Well, 
It, but shouldn't that be? Shouldn't that? Shouldn't he want to wear sunscreen because he doesn't want to get burned? Well, yes, but he. I thought he already would want to wear it because he didn't want to get burned. But I don't think he has a concept of what that means. Well, okay, but I just don't know that he needs such a vivid concept. Well, now he three. does. Well, now he has it, yeah. And he'll wear sunscreen, and that's good because he has fair skin. Um, and I don't want him to get cancer. Okay, moving on, anyway. Jesus. Do you want him to get cancer? No. So anyway, I think that he's probably like looking at every dot and splotch and you know everything on our faces and wondering if that is something to worry about. Right. So anyway. Anyway, the lacrimal caruncle or caruncula lacrimalis is the small pink globular nodule. Got so many good words at the inner corner, the medial canthus of the eye. It is made of skin covering sebaceous and sweat glands. Well, that is gross. I didn't know that you have sweat. Sebaceous sounds awful. To me, the fact that you have sweat glands in your eye is gross. But is it a sweat gland that secretes... Probably not in the eye. Like tears or something? Like No, that'd be a tear duct. Weird. Eh. <laughs> that felt very... Um, have yeah. you heard sniffy used as an adjective? Sniffy? Yeah. No. My, my sister and her friends used to use it, and I was always like, I don't know what that means. Sniffy. I think it's kind of like snippy or huffy. But anyway, what I said right now just sounded sniffy. Yeah, I'm used to it. Um, should we listen to a voicemail? Sure. Let's do it. Hi, Allison. My name's Katie. And I have to tell you, I do the thing where I sleep with my head at the foot of the bed when I can't sleep. And I have no idea that it also works. Um, and my husband thinks I'm really weird. So just had to share. It is not just you. It is also me. I'm not sure it's everyone, but it is also me. All right. Bye. Oh, by the way, Daniel, this is Katie again. <laughs> I fucking love you. I literally was like, what's her name? Um, thank you for calling in. I did it last night. Okay. So last week we talked a lot about how you feel like I slam open doors and I throw myself into bed. A lot of people have... have- let me know that, that, that this is a thing and they feel my pain. Are like they their, all? Their wives do the same thing. Is it only, are it's they only all women. dudes? It's all, only dudes chiming in. It's, it, must be, it must be a female thing that you guys like to slam open the doors. Okay, hacky comedian. Uh, <laughs> but have you, have you noticed? Literally like one person. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed? Have you noticed how gently I've been opening been doors great. and how I've just been like, yeah, I love I've it. like rolled into bed. It's, it's great. This uh, shame is a powerful tool. <laughs> oh, no. speaking of, this is not shame, but I need to make an earnest plea. I need to implore my listeners. When I tweet about the show, please retweet it. Because when I go and I, and I see the tweets and it's like been retweeted like three, four times, it makes me feel very bad. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me go, what is the point? Are you letting them know? I know, but I, would, I want them to let other people know. Well, that's, I mean, that's like, that's sort of what it really does. 
lets the other it lets other people know but more it's just i just don't want to have to see a tiny number of retweets i want to see a robust number of retweets so folks you're responsible for her my emotions because travis mcelroy tweeted something and it was like within a second it had like 10 12 20 retweets and we can get there people this is a campaign for retweets so what i'm saying is by the way i never retweet I never. You don't even. I know why. <laughs> I why know. is that? I. You know why? Because I. I assume everyone who follows me for the most part already follows you. Like I. The I have some people who follow me because of the comics work or whatever. But so are you like I don't want them to know about a fun, funny. No, but they are getting that podcast. From you. I just want them to hear my political tweets. <laughs> uh. I guess. I guess well, instead, that's what of, I think. instead of directing it at them, I'm going to direct it at you, sweetheart. Will you please begin retweeting? Because yeah, that would that would count to on that retweet yes, number. I need to. Do, I need to. Uh, okay. I just operation I, retweet I'm not commences. At, I'm not good at promotion. But uh, I'm not good. Okay. I'm, okay, Greg Fitzsimmons. It's just. I'm not saying that. that's okay. Yeah. I'm just telling you. I'm not. I like. I feel this like. Uh. I, it feels weird to me, but that's I, I so interesting. Greg has this thing too. He, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I. I can't speak for Greg, but uh, yeah, for me in general, just any kind of you know, tooting my own horn or letting people know about my stuff. Just think feels of it icky. as tooting your wife's horn. Well, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do yeah. you feel like you don't toot my horn enough? Just kidding. Um, I so- never toot your horn. <laughs> That's part of the problem in our relationship. I feel like you got a couple honks in the other night, and I'm not talking about sex. (laughs) Um, Like, you spooned me, and then you went, toot, toot. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) You grabbed my breast. What are we talking about right now? You tooted my... I don't know. I'm just making you uncomfortable. Anyway, um, I remember years ago I was doing Red Eye and I met a longtime fan of the show who was in New York and like came to a taping and she was said to me like, you're so good at promotion. And I thought, I don't know that I like that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't even know that it is a compliment, even though it's being delivered in a complimentary tone of voice. It's the kind of thing it depends on who's saying it. Well, it's... Mm, yeah but it's similar to like you're so ambitious right like that's gross right even though it's respected in a man moving on (sighs) i don't know why i had to yell let's listen to another voicemail hey allison uh this is Corey calling from texas um listening to the latest episode um, I had to press pause immediately. Um, you asked about the cops with the protests and how they're just beating people back and the old man video, and you said that you just don't understand. they just unhinged, and I hate to tell you, but um, this is how they treat us black people out there whenever they decide to. You're seeing it. You're seeing it. We're doing it to everybody now. Uh, I don't really have much to say. 
the videos speak for themselves, but this is what they do, and this is what we've been trying to say. Love the show. Um, I'll keep listening. All right, bye. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, yes, I, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of us white people have uh, have become very aware of that recently. I think that a lot of people think of nonviolent protest, right, like MLK and Gandhi, as being something that that is just based in an, you know, a, just a belief in nonviolence. Um, but nonviolent protest is a tactic, and it was a conscious tactic by those people in those in, in you know the groups that engaged in it to when you're facing a violent foe that you know will react violently if you approach them nonviolently and draw their violence out you rev- you can show the world mm-hmm. what they're not seeing and one of the things that's definitely come of this I and mean, you see this in the in the polling that's being done it's like the radical shift in people's uh, feelings about policing in America, it's like we've never seen such a right turn in terms of like, uh, you know, I, I think before all of this, most people were like, yeah, police are generally there for us. And now people realize, and this is, so this is the value of nonviolent protests. And it's, you know, whatever happens now from here on out, it's, I think it's been a a victory uh, of course, it's been a hard-earned victory. A lot of people, you know, some people have died. Yeah. A lot of people have, you know, some people have lost their vision. Like, people have lost their eyes. Like, people have been brutalized, whatever. But if you, but like Corey's saying, you know, you see it now. Mm-hmm. You know? No but one, I also hear him saying like, hey, we've been trying to tell you this Well, of course. And, it, you know, obviously it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it sucks, you know? I just speak as a, a white person. I think I was a little more aware of some of this than maybe the average person, but there's still uh, there's still a level of shock for me, which suggests to me that I I wasn't fully mm-hmm. aware, right? Uh, at, at seeing this, like you're just like, what the fuck? Why are you guys? And I was very aware of police brutality and in and these injustices, and yet. Uh, and this came up on the most recent Thursday show, I realized that even though I was aware of it very much on the side of like, this needs to stop. This is, is completely fucked up. I still walked around with this fairy tale idea that cops are there to protect you. We were taught. I wasn't, I didn't interrogate it. You know, here's the thing. White people, I can speak as a white person, you know, only <laughs> I was taught to think that mm-hmm. the police are always on my side. I think back at my interactions with police and it's ne- it's almost never been positive. Right. That's what but- I realized. And that's what a lot of people right now are, are realizing. It's like, and, and that's white privilege that all my experiences with cops have been deeply disappointing and frustrating as opposed to lethal, but De- they've still been deeply disappointing and frustrating. Okay deeply disappointing and frustrating maybe a little harder than that i would go like i feel like i've been given tickets that are complete bullshit uh and they've been rude and uh i i'm not gonna get into it but like but i'm a white dude and like it's been like whatever um well can, can i just share mine so 
this girl who was the ex-girlfriend of this guy that I was, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I don't know how much I've even told you, Daniel. Um, she was the ex-girlfriend of this guy that I was friends with. And he and I were just friends and they had had a, they were both, um, drug addicts, uh, but like in and out of sobriety, they had a kid together and, and I was like, oftentimes trying to give him advice to this was like deep in a codependent time of my life where like I feel like my whole life was just like trying to help him get his life back together and I really was charitable to her oftentimes and would try to like you know show him her side of things but anyway then uh I started she started threatening me she threatened to um quote unquote rearrange my face and I had like that on a voicemail. I start, she started calling me all the time and hanging up, which I like, she started um, calling my work and making other threats. Now I look back on that and I think she had a seventh, like she had a baby girl voice and a seventh grade mentality. And I don't think she would have actually done any of that. But at the time I was like, this is an, I'm, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I felt like, and also I was alone at that. My parents were, were away and I was um, like house sitting. So I was all alone and I was, I don't know. Um, anyway, so with a coworker, I went to the cops and they could not have given a, like they could not have given a fuck. They basically were like, we can give her a restraining order, but <clears throat> that's probably just gonna, that might just incite her further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean- and I realized that they're only going to do something maybe after I've been harmed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> this is such a huge topic. I, I guess what I would do is I would say to people, uh, instead of he- hearing it from me, because, you know... Or me, because that's like a pretty... There, there, there's a lot of resources out there um, that get into the history of policing that I didn't even know until recently, uh, how uh, American, American policing really comes from... Uh, a it's a it's a racist institution. I'm sorry. Uh, look, if you are out there and you have family right, members keep, who are police, to keep freed slaves, and in you line. are, um, you know, some or you are a police officer and you're you're a good person. Like I would just say, um, this is a conversation that needs to be had. I'm sorry if it's if it hurts your feelings or if it's if it's somewhat offensive, but um, we need to do something and we need to we need to face it. Uh, with open eyes. And one of those things is learning the history of policing and how, yeah, it was about capturing freed slaves and how that legacy of policing has um, become part of the you know institution. Uh, there's a great medium piece that I think Allison tweeted out yeah, that I really recommend reading that, that is all about how police are trained. And it gets into how the police are... It's confessions of a, quorum, a former... I tweeted it. Follow me. When you're busy retweeting all my tweets about the show, go find my tweet where I said this article was really illuminating. It's written by a former cop. Um, and he talks about all the sort of bastard cop things that he saw and that he took part in. And then he explains a bit why, why all cops are bastards. How they're, how they're trained. When they're trained, they're shown nonstop footage of cops being murdered um, to like really get indoctrinated into the idea that people are trying to kill them. They have a saying, which is better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. 
meaning better to be in court than to be like carried by pallbearers. And they, that's in like beaten into them. And also this, they see themselves as sheepdogs. They see the people they protect as sheep. And then they see criminals as wolves. And they talk about like to the sheep, the sheepdog looks more like a wolf than a sheepdog. And that they, they are told like, it's not that, you know, it's not the sheep's fault that they just, they don't understand the sacrifice you're making. They don't understand the importance of what you're doing. And also they believe that, uh, or they're sort of indoctrinated into this idea that a criminal has inherent evil in them and they right. have broken the social contract when they decide to do something criminal. Right. It's, it's all about um, putting them in the mindset that, of of an anta- an antagonistic a mindset towards anyone who would break the law and an other a position of other from the p- population you protect and serve and these two things are deeply problematic i would say um it's called confessions of a former bastard cop right uh, and can I share that I did that thing where I read it and I'm like oh this is really interesting and I forwarded it to a friend who uh, I was like, this is really good. Have you seen this? And I, for- I forwarded it right to the person who had sent it to me. That's <laughs> He's like, I'm the one who sent that to you. Um, there's also your interview with LeVar Burton that I, yeah. that I personally found pretty illuminating um, about uh, his experiences, r- experiences and, and relations. And, and the part that really affected me was what he teaches his sons uh, about how to interact with police officers. So um, look, there, this is all stuff that we need to be talking about. I'm glad we're talking about it. I am sorry Can that I it's taken one? this long uh, to, f- for at least for myself, to fully realize the gravity of this. Yeah. Um, I just want to add one more thing mm. before you, you go on and whatever bullshit. No, I have one more thing on this topic, and then I'm moving on to something um, lighter. Uh, when someone is taught something... The longer they've lived with that belief, the more they are, I just feel the more it is a, it is, um, the harder it is for their ego to acknowledge that they were laboring under a false belief system. And this is why a lot of older people, I think, are retrenching into this Blue Lives Matter uh, because you don't want to be, it's hard when you're 60 years old and you have lived your whole life thinking police are on your side and they're good. And, and someone, some young people are coming along saying this, you know, you're, this is racist, whatever. You don't want to admit that you were wrong, that you're, it's, it's a hard thing. And I think for all of us, it's just important to, um, to understand that, you know, there are things that we've believed our whole lives that some of them are wrong and, it doesn't mean you're a bad person for having believed it. It doesn't mean you are inherently X, Y, or Z. It just means that you were wrong or someone told you something that was wrong. It's okay to change your beliefs with new information and new perspectives. That's all I want to say. There was a line from the All Cops, Confessions of a Bastard Cop, or whatever it was, where he said something like, um, he, so he's talking about like all the bad stuff, um, that he had seen or taken, 
you know, or, or been a party to. And then he's like, there also was good stuff. However, you know, my, my greatest days as a cop were when I was a mediocre therapist or social worker. And they've, and they've done polls of police officers and who went in with good intentions. Right. And they said, if you could get the same pay and the same pension and all that, but instead of being a police officer, you could be a social worker. Tons of them would be like, of course, I'd rather be a social and worker. And I think that... And that's all what defund people the police need, is about. That's what I was going to say is that, and I like, I've heard people, you know, there's this, this, this discussion around the term defund the police. And then people are like, that's a really, you know, shitty term because it's very unclear. And then people are like, um, attacking the people who are attacking it. But I think I'm actually, and maybe this makes me sort of a moderate when it comes to this one discussion. I agree. It's not the best term because it sounds like people are saying completely get rid of the police Although there is an argument for that abolishment, right? That's what abolishment is. But anyway, I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting. But abolish is here. not something that's widely right. being talked about. Um, if you call my, if defund the police, which really just means reallocating the funds, happens, and you call nine one one, you're still going to get someone who comes to your door. It just. If depending on what the particular thing you need help with is, it might not be a cop with an assault rifle on them, it, or whatever weapon they carry it might be someone more specialized I mean, that's my understanding i of mean it. this is such a huge topic and so we want to move on I mean, but uh, you know f- besides the fact that like inner inner cities in particular poor neighborhoods uh all of the resources have been sucked out of them right we've t- we've taken all the money out of schools all the money out of social programs and then we put the cops in there to 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 clean it up it's not fair to the cops right they're having to to do all the work that the social programs aren't doing but just imagine if you called the police in your situation allison where you had somebody who was harassing you and instead of getting someone who's like i don't have time for this shit they directed you to somebody who could actually give you resources and was actually helpful i think they thought and by the way i feel a little embarrassed that i told that story because i for all i know people are going to hear that and and like roll their eyes like okay like that's not a big deal at all but if i was legitimately scared i had a similar situation scared i've been in a similar situation where there was somebody who i had reason to believe but can i just say i think the cops felt like it was like some cat fight like, oh, a couple, you know, dramatic girls or whatever. So, so I had a situation where there was a guy. Yeah. And this guy was coming after me with threats, but not specific threats. Was he going to rearrange general, your face? He was, they were generalized threats. Mm-hmm. And, they, and he was displaying behavior that was harassing not just to me, to someone else. Yeah. And um, I called the police because it got to a point where I was legitimately worried. And, and you they, think that's who you're supposed to call when you're being in danger. And they literally just scoffed at me. And they, were, yeah. and they didn't even tell me as much as they told you. It was just like, dude, if you don't have an email where he says specifically, I'm going to do this to you, there's nothing we can do. And it's like... I had but, recordings of her making these threats. Okay, but it wasn't like... I wasn't asking them to do something. Mm-hmm. I was asking them to help me, yeah. which is slightly different. Which is like... here. I had to, on my own, figure out that I needed to hire a private investigator in order to help get a uh, restraining order and then have that PI serve him. You know, I had to do that on my own. Right. Whatever. This is... Point is, when you call, talk about defunding the police, it's all about making it more... Uh, taking those monies that are used in, in an antagonistic way towards the population and moving them... God, I, this, we're supposed to be making people laugh. So let's talk about... I had a chance to use one of my favorite old jokes yesterday, yes. which 
it entertains me to no end. I don't think anyone else enjoys it, but it's, um, so you had some things burned off your face yesterday, which we discussed. And I said, Oh yes. I said, does your face hurt? And you're like, no, not really. And I said, because it's killing me. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Now, that's that was an a fam- old favorite. That was a family favorite of yours. I've told you what my family I don't fa- think, favorite was. I don't know that it's a family favorite because my family never used that one. My family does not use mean jokes. Mine they did. use They use gaslighting, but they're not aware that they do it. <laughs> so it's a different thing. In my no, family, my family it, there, was no, there was not taunting like that. I just saw my own discovered. I don't know where I heard it, but I just love that. I just love an opportunity to say that. Yes, I know yours my, was a little mine, darker. Here's mine. Did you catch him? Who? The guy who hit you with the ugly stick. <laughs> and then so many laughs, right? So good. <laughs> so good. And, you know, look, it's the kind of thing you fall for many times until you realize the joke is always going to be there, always going to be funny to the teller. But never to you. Never funny to me because what is an ugly stick? <laughs> Right. And how does that even work? Like, do they, do they just go like, is it like a wand? Right. Is it like a magical right. stick? Yeah. Like, oh, did you catch him? Who? The guy with the magic wand that turns, turns you ugly. Right. Right. They, they don't just say the guy that beat your face with a stick Which would also, to make you ugly. It was, maybe the person just tapped you with the ugly stick and it turned you ugly. I'm not sure. This is a... I'm realizing if I wanted to be more specific, I could say, hey, did you catch him? Who? The guy that burned stuff off your face with nitrogen. Gotcha! Nah. Burn. All right. Got you. Um, okay. Let's listen to another, another call. Hey, Allison and Daniel. This is Emily from Baltimore, Maryland, calling to just, um, I guess, just like inform you about why I called myself a tattooer versus a tattoo artist or a tattooist. So um, I guess to try and just keep this concise, I would say that I feel like the term tattoo artist has been a little bit hijacked by the like tattoo tv shows like ink masters and stuff like that that um put out kind of an inaccurate um agenda of what like a tattoo someone who does tattoos should be like which is like shysty and um not humble at all um, so I, I, I don't like to use the ta- term tattoo artist because it feels just, it does feel a little, uh, pausing it to say, I wonder if she would say a tattoo artist is great at promotion. Mm. Like Daniel said, it feels a little pretentious and then like tattooist really, um, just picture a meme of like the most hipster barista and that is like the version of somebody who does tattoos that would call themselves a tattooist. Somebody who's like ultra folk. So um, hopefully I was able to answer your questions and I hope that this is like quick enough to make it on the show. But um Again, just been loving your episode, so thank you so much. All right, bye. Thank you, Emily. I would, I, I, I would, 
What? No, you go. I was going to remember it, even though she didn't say, this has been Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would love to get more tattoos. The only thing that's stopping me from getting more tattoos is how the shape I'm in, which is uh, best described as doughy. Are you concerned that if you were to like get undoughy, the tattoo would shrivel up? Or you just don't no, want someone like, seeing your body? It just is, it's like, uh, what, why would you decorate this mess? It's not, some, like, people, some people, I think, decorate because of the mess. Hey, everyone does what they want to do. That's great. For me, it's like, if I want to get tattoos, I want to take my shirt off. Mm. And these days, don't want shirt off. You know, I, so you. It's all about coverage these days. Coverage of the mess. The girlfriend, uh, you're speaking my language. Um, you ha- do have a tattoo. I do. But I feel like so I'm interested. It's interesting to me that you just said you announced that you do because I feel like you try to hide it sometimes. Uh, like if I take a picture of you, you don't want your tattoo to show. And so we have a shared family album that we upload photos of the kids into. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever uploaded a photo that has your tattoo in it. I mean, it's just it's just something that's like, I, I don't like, oh, whoa, what is it? I don't want to uh, attention. It's, it's fine. I don't have a problem with my tattoo. I got it. It literally, I think the, the week that I turned 18 <laughs> as soon as i could get a tattoo i got one can uh, we share what it is yeah it's um like it's like a led zeppelin angel against a moon i don't um, think i've and i've literally never heard you be listening to led zeppelin but you carry well, them with you on your shoulder you know zeppelin's a phase you go through uh I liked Led Zeppelin. I wasn't like a super fan. I didn't get it because it was Led Zeppelin. You just liked the image? Yeah. I mean, I think I felt at the time I was about to move to Los Angeles and I wanted to, I think on some level I was probably like, I want to remember that there's like, I have someone looking after me, you know, but of course it's like. Specifically an angel from Houses of the Holy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also just liked the way it looked. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get tattoos and it's like, oh, what does that mean? It's like, I don't know. I like the way it looks. Um, so Emily used the word shisey, like shystery. And I was like, what does that mean? Cause I've heard that before. Uh, and so I looked it up and it's a person, especially a lawyer who uses unscrupulous, fraudulent or deceptive methods in business. And the origin is mid 19th century said to be from Schuster or maybe that's pronounced shyster, the name of a lawyer whose behavior provoked accusations of shyster practices, perhaps reinforced by German shyster, which I'm probably mispronouncing, or worthless person. Shyster? I feel like that's probably what it is, but I don't know. Hmm. Wait, isn't shit something like that in German? Uh, Scheiss? Isn't it? I think it's shit, right? I think maybe. I don't know. I don't know German. Uh, interesting. I feel like it's got anti-Semitic roots. Is okay. Term, right. Well, that is why I looked it up because although I don't think everyone who uses it is anti-Semitic because it's become part of our vocabulary, but it's I think it does have that. Well, that's history. why I looked it up because my my inner Jew was tingling. Um, but but are we thinking that because of Shylock, who was a character from Fiddler on the Roof? No. 
I don't know, honey. Well, let's just look that up. Oh. I think, <laughs> didn't you just look it up? No, we're going to look up, what, is shyster anti-Semitic? Okay, we're not, tell, we're not saying you're anti-Semitic. No, anymore. Emily, we're not. We're not at all. We're just, I'm just wondering. Daniel. All terms are either, I mean, generally, either they either come from something nautical, something anti-Semitic, or something sexist. I mean, basically, right? Our entire language. Um, oh, this is good radio. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm literally crawling out of my skin over here. Do you want to re-record this episode? Uh, well, no, just the part where it was silent for five minutes. Well, you have a voice. Do you only use it on Twitter? I'm not the host. <sighs> The host is reading her phone right now. Anyway, I, well, the, tr- the truth is I don't know. A lot of people seem to search it, but I don't really know. And now I feel bad. Emily, I'm not accusing you of that. I'm just saying. Look, you've got to be careful of those words that sound Germanic. Not really. Uh, anyway. Okay. I have, this is from law.com, and the headline is, Is Shyster Anti-Semitic? So a lot of people wonder if shyster is anti-Semitic, and the answer is no, it is not. It does derive from what I said. However, people think sometimes that it is because they mistakenly think it comes from Shylock, who was oh. a shystery lawyer character. Um, and I said Fiddler on the Roof, but that apparently no, is Shakespearean. From, yeah, it's Merchant, Shakespeare. Merchant of Merchant Venice. Of Venice. Um, so anyway, there you go. All right. Let's listen to another voicemail. Hi, Allison gang. My name is Dana from California. And what is going on during this time? Uh, luckily, right before this all happened, I started, I had my very first panic attack that landed me in the ER because I thought I was dying. Um, so now I'm on Selexa, and I think it came at the perfect time. But recently, in you know the last week or two, it's been super heavy on my heart, and I'm just trying to navigate what I should be doing um, to be an ally and also not stress myself out because spoiler alert. I'm catching up on Sopranos way late and I had an anxiety attack because it was stressful and there were helicopters flying over my house from riots going on not too far from me. So um, that's great. But other than that, I'm still working. I work in the financial industry, so still going in, which I'm super thankful for and I'm not stuck at home spiraling down. Um, But, yes, I have thoroughly enjoyed your episodes. It brings some normalcy to me and just makes me feel like I am not alone. So thank you for all you do and take care. Bye. Thank you for your call, Dana. Here's what I want to know. What what is the spoiler alert? What was she not spoiling? Because she said, spoiler alert, I'm watching Sopranos. I think she's just being silly. Okay. 
I mean, unless people are following closely her like, viewing habits. Yeah, and- don't tell me what she's watching. I don't want to know. I don't want to know until oh, no. I get to that point uh, in the in the call. Great. Now, now I know she's watching The Sopranos. Uh, if you would like to call into the show, 323-553-2331. We'll never answer. That is the promise I give you. We'll always be a voicemail unless I change. But at this point, always a voicemail. Uh, and um, I would like to know... Are there any sort of stupid jokes like, does your face hurt, that you also repeatedly enjoy? Because if you like stupid jokes, you're my kind of person. Yeah. But even if you don't, you're also still my kind of person. Uh, I received some guff recently from all of my butthole humor, my butthole poop humor on Twitter, because what I posted something where I made a reference to buttholes. And then someone was like, it's always, you know, essentially, it's always buttholes with you. And then because I'm very young, that made me have to really dig in. Like whenever someone does something like that, I always dig in even harder. So it's just been like nonstop, nonstop scat references <laughs> for a couple days now. Uh, and then there's people who are like, you know, just stop with this. And it makes me think, did you just discover me? Like, th- I've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. It's kind of part of my brand. Um, I don't pay attention to your social media. So I what you're know. saying, So what you're saying is that lately you've been making ac- a, more of these kinds of jokes as a result yeah, of this Yeah, but I person. feel like I'm doing them in a really, like, classy, high-minded way. Mm. There's an extra layer of smarts. <laughs> As I said, I've just been having a fun with it. As I said to someone, she's like, this is not funny. And I'm like, or she's like, the poopy, poo, the, the, the poo and the pee and the period and the butt stuff is not funny. And I said, in the hands of a master like me, it's hilarious. Our son um, calls farts guarts. Gu- and he talked to you about that. Go what? ahead. Go ahead. Oh, because he uh, pronounces Fs like gua. And uh, I was reading a story to him before bed and he he tooted and I go, did you just guart? And he thought that was the funniest thing. And I, I knew in that moment that he was your son. <laughs> there was no mix up in the lab. This child thinks his guarts are every bit as funny as you think they are. So what I was going to say to you is I feel like we need to stop calling them guarts and things that he mispronounces. Oh, because he's getting frustrated. So what happened this morning is, he did something and he said, mommy, did you hear my, my what? And I said, your foot. And he's like, no. And Oh, I should say that when he says something and someone doesn't understand him, he gets, it's like countdown to meltdown. Like he gets very frustrated very fast and he'll often be in tears over it. So he's, he's, I didn't even, First, I thought it was, did you hear my? But then I wasn't even sure it was, did you hear my? And I thought he had hurt his foot. He kept Mm -hmm. saying, my what? My goo what? My goo what? And I'm like, your foot? Your, Mm. you know, I'm like, can you show me? Show me? And and, and then it was like this 20 questions thing of like, did you hurt something? Did you? And then we pinpointed it to, did you hear? Did you hear? Did I hear something? And then I, and I had already cycled through your fart, your toot, your guart. And he said, no, but then it was guart, but he was mm-hmm. saying it gwoot. Mm-hmm. And so all the, this tears and sadness over, did you hear my gwoot? And he wouldn't accept fart. He wouldn't accept toot. It was just, I had to say guart. 
So, okay. all right. So I have been trying to teach him Fs. So yeah. I need to try harder. I know, but what I'm saying is, he it wasn't. You don't. Have he now. Say, yeah, I know. He. I get it. Don't say Guart. He now thinks the correct yeah, he, term is Guart, which he is now mispronouncing as Guwoot. Um, I don't mind us calling them Guarts, but it's funny. It's funny. So just know that he may say Guart, and it's but he's he now fart. pronouncing it Guwoot, and okay. to him the correct word is Guart, not fart. So we should. So can I tell you about my crazy dream? I know that you had crazy dreams, which I glossed over, and now I'm digging into my crazy dream. And who cares? No, but way. hey, uh, although Paul Rust had a pretty good tweet. Yeah, I saw that. Where he was like, people say uh, dreams aren't interesting. What is it? He goes, yeah, uh, uh, an inside look into a person's deep subconscious. How boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I appreciated, but go yeah. ahead. But definitely your dreams generally are. Okay. Are so for some reason, I was back at Time Out in New York working there. But it was like present time me at Time Out in New York. And I was going back to my old seat and instead of coming in from the normal way, mm. I was like, I was like, slide shimmying along the wall Already behind on the, edge the of my desks, seat. and I was like, and I noticed that it was all the same old people who had still been still working there. Yeah, what? Even though I know that they've left. Yeah, why did they come back? So I said, "Wow, this pod is like exactly the same as when mm-hmm. I was here." We called them pods. Mm-hmm. The pod you work in, um, pod is like exactly. Oh, podcast. Anyway, like exactly the same. Um, and and no one really looked up or cared. Mm-hmm. And then there were these two guys, again, both of, neither of whom worked there in real life, but in my dream, they were still there. And they were talking to each other. And I, and I said, I just mean I don't normally do, but I'm like, this is like probably, this might <clears throat> sound really paranoid, but are is there something you want to say to me? Because I could tell they were talking about me. And I could tell that I was like persona non grata there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, which I think means a person with grated cheese on them. Like no one liked me there in my dream. No, it's a person without grated cheese on them. Oh, right. Person non grata. Persona non grata. Mm-hmm. Um, like as opposed persona to persona non con ricotta. Persona non grata. Right. <laughs> so anyway... This guy, Jay, said to me, don't you think maybe it was a little unwise the way you... Oh, and you... And I, I was like, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't hear that last part. It's like, don't you think you should have thought twice before you... And I was like, I, I don't... I just can't hear you. I can't make out what you're saying. He's like, Did, don't you think that... Didn't you think about how there might have been repercussions if you... And I was like... Can like come over this way, you know? How frustrating! Yes, can we get to a quieter place? I'm like, could you spell it? And then I was looking at him, and he started getting really tall and really far away from me. And I thought, are you getting taller? But I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And I said, am I lying down? Am I lying on the floor? And I didn't know how I got on the floor. And then it turned into, (laughs) oh my god, are you mocking me? No, this is so interesting. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then it turned into an old anxiety dream I had where I was trying to get out of there. And how am I going to fit all this stuff in my backpack? No fucking way. But I was able to fit it in my backpack. So that's that's good. Um, Do you have any idea what he was trying to tell you? No. Oh, my God. I think it was based on not being able to understand Elliot. 
Yeah, could be. Do you want to divorce me? Because you or or like end it all? No, I mean I listen. You I factored that. all of this in to the vows. Like I was like, this is. I know I'm gonna have a lifetime of this stuff, so it's all right. I'm not gonna divorce you, but um, my soul does leave my body when you. Talk in about all dreams. my years on Earth, I've never had that kind of dream. Where someone is telling me something important, but I can't hear them. Mm. Yeah, I bet it is, uh, Elliot. Because usually they tell me something and then I'm like stunned by it. And I'm like, oh my God, I hadn't considered that thing. Anyway, do you want to share your boring dream? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Uh, I was walking through the desert and uh, it was just one of those dreams where you're in, I dream a lot about landscapes or environments. Environments are a huge part of my dream. I remember reading, was it, I don't know if I read about this, uh, about how if you're doing dream analysis. Just so you know, this is just as boring as mine and we haven't even gotten into the meat of it. I'm not going to get into the dream. I'm telling people something useful for their own dreams. God damn it. (laughs) Okay. Carry on. Uh, The environment is something to if if you're thinking about the environment think about the feeling of the environment because that'll also tell you about what the meaning of the dream is because the environment is you too right it's not just you in an environment it's like you that's an expression of your subconscious yeah uh yeah i was just going through the desert and there were just like lots of crazy little things going on in the desert uh Almost like like I was on peyote or some crazy mm. shit. And then I dreamed I was at a U2 concert with my mom. We had somehow snuck into the, the arena during sound check. And then Larry Mullen and Adam Claytones uh, found us backstage or something. And they were like, well, you guys can can get comp. You can sit in the comp seats. And the comp seats were these weird, this weird little like benches with all these hipsters in it and uh and then we had to like dance <laughs> or something during the show it do was you a have recurring dreams about you too because i feel like no. i've heard this before you know no, what's interesting is I in your not. dream you too was you too because <gasps> when you said you too the first time that your environment is you too i was thinking of making a you too the band joke well i woke up thinking about this pose that bono strikes mm-hmm. and not being able to figure out what the exact body position he puts himself into is uh so there you go that's what i was dreaming about what is the exact body position it's like this weird crouch with his arms up or something <laughs> he does it like he'll do this thing that and i don't know what the hell it is um, is it like the position you strike when you fart <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's triumphant <laughs> this is more of a like if i were to try what is the expression of his position it's uh Whoa, look at this. <laughs> is it like a Heisman? It's a little bit like, have you seen the Will Smith? Uh, it's like a meme where Will Smith is like presenting something and then they'll Photoshop it into stuff. No. There's people out there who know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's not like the Heisman. No, it's not. What is the Heisman like? Well, the Heisman, you're, you're, you've got a, a football, right? Oh, okay. Tucked in. And you're running. pointing? You've got one knee up and then one arm Giving someone a, a shove mm. as you're as you're running, so it's like a boom like that. That is not what I thought was happening in there. No, he's like, yeah. I stand you two still. I don't care. Although they're later stuff, eh. but I grew up loving them. So judge me all you want. 
Does your leg hurt? Because you had something removed from your leg, too. This yeah. is not going to work for it's killing me as well, but... He found... So I, I went in and he did a full body scan, the dermatologist. He found pre-melanoma, he thinks, on my... Which thigh. sounds very scary to me. Well, melanoma is the bad kind of skin cancer. So it's not not scary, but he doesn't think that it's problematic. But he had it removed and he's having a biopsy. Don't worry. It's probably okay. So wait, it... Okay. When you told it to me, it was like less scary sounding than the way you just described it now. So he doesn't think it's anything to worry about, but it could be something to worry about. It's something to worry about if it, if it turns malignant. It's something to worry about if you don't do something about it. But you but if had you it have removed. It, if you have it removed when it's in its pre-form, you're okay. It's not like... It, it means that it's not anything yet, it, but it's turning into something. So... Is it possible it's going to come back that it was melanoma? Uh, yeah, it's and, possible. And then what happens? I don't know. Uh, maybe it depends on how, uh, if it's attacked a lymph node or something like that. And then if it has, then, you know, you have to do chemo and, and it's like proper cancer treatment. And that's possible? It's possible, but extremely unlikely. It doesn't have the it does like when when skin cancer turns malignant there are certain signs it doesn't have those but it does have the signs of pre melanoma. What are the signs when it of what are the signs? I have a pamphlet in the car <laughs> and I will show that to you. Um it, this is not I don't want to just look it up folks. But it's like yeah so that was uh You don't want to be our melanoma I just don't want to describe guru. moles. I mean come on. Um, it's it, it's different than a normal mole. It looks different. There are things that are different about it. Let's just put it that way. There's some acronym. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Do you want me to pick up the hosting reins? <laughs> I don't want to talk about moles. <laughs> I, let's just uh, don't worry about me. It's fine. He removed it. I'll be okay. But you know, check your moles, people. Especially if you you know are pale skinned and grew up in Tucson. <laughs> Uh, go to the dermatologist. It's important. Let's do some iTunes comments of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. Okay. Great interviewer by M. Wilcor. I found my way here through Childish. Allison in smart, funny... And- assuming he means is funny and a great interviewer i especially like the episodes with daniel yay m wilcor thank you so much for that very nice um itunes comment can i get my phone back (laughs) there was another nice one below it (laughs) well we're not doing two nice ones god damn it Yes, the other one compliments you as well. Uh, oh, really? Not, but not everyone. Does another one compliment me? Not everyone feels okay, so pop so strongly. Read the top one, please. <laughs> On the other hand, <laughs> this is by Trouser Snake. No more. <laughs> this went from entertaining to unlistenable. It's great though if you want to be lectured on politics by a remarkably self-absorbed crowd. Um. Yeah, I actually think. Okay, I want to say something real quick because I've been thinking about um the reaction where people are like, 
I can't listen anymore. I turned it off because Daniel said this negative thing about Ronald Reagan or whatever. <laughs> and, and I, I actually, I, I get it, right? Like nobody wants to be lectured. Can I say something though? What? The guy who said that, who mm-hmm. turned it off after the negative comment about Reagan, mm-hmm. just signed up for our Patreon. My oh, Patreon. Good. So he's in my good graces Well, then now. I want to... I want to... Patreon.com. I want to talk to that person. I want to talk to anyone who might feel like that, right? Like you're like, oh, uh, Daniel's guy, here he goes with his politics, right? And it's like, I get it. And I know I do this. Like, I, it can seem like I'm lecturing you or I'm telling you what to believe or um, maybe even judging you for not agreeing with me, right? Um, and really, truly, like, look, I get it. We all come at this stuff from totally different life experiences that have taught us different lessons. And um, all I really want to do, even though I may not always be successful at this, is two things. One, I want to tell you what my experience is and, and just share with you like what I have come to believe with the, my limited experience and the things that have come into my uh, understanding. With the idea that like sharing that is a good thing, right? And you know, you may not agree with it, but that's okay, right? And the other thing is to amplify voices or opinions that I think are interesting or useful to anybody who might. So on my Twitter, a lot of what I do is I make snarky comments here and there, and then I'll just amplify things that I think are interesting. Um, if you if that's too much, that's fine. Like, but I'm not judging anybody. I mean, there are certain people, yeah, I guess I do judge because they're insufferable, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm not saying I don't ever judge. But like to you folks who listen, truly, truly, like if I believe this from the bottom of my heart, if you are listening to this show, you can't be a bad person. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's like, I just don't think that you can... I, I, I'm flattered by it. I don't think that you can like uh, this particular show and Allison and be uh, a a bad person. You, you kind of have to be someone who is empathetic and sensitive and cares about people because that's what the show sort of is, right? And so if you are it's out there... plus buttholes. Right. If you're out there and you're like, uh, but I believe in capitalism and I like whatever, Ronald Reagan and stuff like that. Oh, great. Great. I'm not trying to... I'm just telling you what I think. And if you disagree with me, you know, hey, look, of course, I hope that my, you know, I can convince you. But, you know, there's stuff I don't know. That's all I'm saying. So if that, if you're feeling like uh, I'm too much for you, just understand. That you don't have to live with it like I do. Nobody feels that way more than me. Imagine being me. I feel like I do. (laughs) No, but even you aren't. Don't have to live in my head. I, but I, I mean, that's true. However, of all the people, I'm the closest to living in your head. <sighs> you really get the brunt of it. Last night, oh my god! Remember when you were yelling at me about the Epstein doc? But I, I know it seemed. Like I know I was you were. I, at you. Sorry, you were fired up in my direction. I'm angry at the documentary. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. I won't get into, get into it. I, we're going to top top line here. I was angry at the documentary fired up about that and it just seemed like i was yelling at you <laughs> because when i looked at you i saw jeffrey epstein's face no i saw the filmmakers <laughs> and so i was addressing them through you let's talk about something really important daniel mm. i took a shower today That's this is it. so important but oh, can we talk about the shower in the museum of discarded hair that you that you're 
that you are creating on the ledge? No. I'm, I'm just I mean, wondering when we're going to open it to the public. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a couple things about the shower. First of all, we can address that in a minute. But I took a shower. And there, did you notice there were some chunks of plaster just hanging out on the, um, on on the, the floor. tiles? Yes, I thought where- that was soap. I stepped on it and it hurt my foot. And I thought that was like dried soap that had turned into plaster. Well, I didn't realize it was plaster. When I saw it, I thought it might be soap, but then I picked it up and oh. I'm like, no, this is plaster. Where did it come from? I don't know. That well, that so was my we question. Look at the, sh- the shower. Then. Yeah, I'm concerned that it's like grout or something. It might be coming from the little seat ledge thing there. If it is, oh, maybe. I may have to. Uh, we have a seat in our shower. I've never once sat on it. You never, but I it's suppose if a- you're doing a lot of like. Um, decalisifying you could sit there and do that on your feet maybe or i do some decalising and i just stand there and lift up a foot one day you're just your foot's gonna give out beneath you and i'm gonna need it's to gonna sit. Be a disaster but i'm gonna i hope i don't need to sit suddenly because i'm gonna end up sitting on a bunch of shampoo bottles it's my shaving my leg ledge i just put my foot up on it but anyway yeah maybe it came out from under there okay great talk also let's take it in a super disgusting direction well, for a minute okay maybe i have noticed Tony, put your finger on the edit button. Go ahead. I have noticed some personal hairs in the shower. And I'm wondering whose they are. Personal hairs? Personal hairs. Think about what I mean. Personal hairs. You're talking about pubes? I I mean, if you want to be crass about it. Well, they could be mine. But listen, uh, the hair situation in the shower, (laughs) it's like... I I am like that's second order. What is the personal hairs? <laughs> My personal hairs are second order problem. Well, the first order problem literally is there's a ledge. There's <laughs> a ledge. It's not the ledge. It's not the bench. No, above that is a ledge, and on the ledge is like a glass thing that kind of goes into the ledge. So imagine that, whatever. And on that ledge is a, a hair farm. <laughs> Just wads of just disgusting wads of black hair. We are filthy. Do you understand? No, you're missing the point. We. No, I'm just telling people like whatever idea you had. They've about seen us our Instagram and stories. how like oh these people they must live a nice life. Let me tell you something. We are dis- filthy monkeys. I have a grout brush in the shower, which is I'm like, is, did I over grout brush? No, the shower itself is very clean, minus your pubes and my hair. <laughs> Here's the thing. Pubes come off. Everybody out there who still has your pubes, God bless you, they come off in the shower. It happens. But this, this, no. is, this is deliberate. This is intentional. <laughs> I'm not taking the pubes. I'm not like plucking pubes and like <laughs> placing them on so that you can see them. But that is what you're doing. That's like literally what you're doing. You're you're taking this. It's it is an intentional move to like make a hair sculpture on the on the ledge right in my fucking line of eyesight. <laughs> you know, this is sort of like for some reason, Elliot, when he goes into our bathroom all the knobs on our cabinets and drawers. He has to take a hanger and put yes, one hanger does. on each knob. It's like, it's like an, an art installation. Every yeah. time I walk in the bathroom, like all the hangers are on all the knobs. But it, to me, it's like the work of a serial killer for some a reason. Little bit, a little bit. And you're suggesting that this is what my hair bit. is. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I believe that, you're, when, you know, like the bone collector or these like serial killer books mm-hmm. is the hair 
collector. That's you. Let me explain. Whereas your personal hairs, and I've never called them that in my life, are strewn about willy-nilly to collect in the corners of the shower, I'm having postpartum hair loss. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can still claim that because it's been like Honey, a long time. Always, there's always been a ton of hair in the I know, shower. but it's, it's... Okay. This isn't a new phenomenon. So instead of leaving it strewn about, I compact it and throw it away (laughs) put it in the garbage what are you saving it for (laughs) this is what i don't understand like i get it that's great (sighs) keep it out of the drain love it love that but then the next move the move where you're saving it for later (laughs) that's what i do not understand what is the are you trying to dry it off and then you're gonna like collect it make a pillow like what is the use of this just throw it the fuck away (laughs) <laughs> well, I it's when I'm in the shower that the gathering happens. But are you anticipating a moment in the future <laughs> where it's like, okay, um, uh, I'll be right back. I'm gonna be in the bathroom for a little bit <laughs> with my monthly gathering of the hair. <laughs> like at some point, you have to to discard it, right? right. Or or yeah. no? No, I do. You're hoping it'll just d- deteriorate like compost into the corner of the shower. When I try to gather it and throw it out, it's gross and messy. And I can't remember <laughs> if it's more gross and messy when it's dry or when it's wet. So you're hoping that it's better dry because you I know don't it's know. gross when it's wet? It's just, I don't want to deal with it. I know, but say it has to be dealt with. <laughs> I know. It, my, my old way of doing it was I'd get out of the shower and then I'd take like some toilet paper and just gather all the hair but for some reason, I don't do that in this one. For some reason, in this one, I gather it while I'm still in the shower. And then I leave it on... It. It's like we have a tiny altar in our shower. I mean, if anybody needs voodoo dolls... I have something else to share with you. Yeah. And in all the years we've been together, I've never shared it with you. Again, Tony. Finger on the edit. No, but you're not going to feel you're not going to feel embarrassed by this. Okay. So between us, we have seven pillows in our bed, and they all suck. Two for me. They all uh, five. So, five for you. By, uh, sorry, we've had this conversation before, and people have recommended do it again because I've lost your tweets. Tweet at me good pillow recommendations because I'm ready. I'm ready for new pillows. Do you feel like there was a point at which they began to suck worse? Oh, God. No, I don't know. It's gradual. They just get worse over time. Okay. Because I think that the two pillows that I use... <clears throat> are better than mine. I've tried them. Yeah. You've got the better pillows. I, that, that's... You have two good pillows, and I have five shitty pillows. <laughs> Do you know the origins of those good pillows? No. They're yours. <laughs> I donated five... I'm taking your shitty, but one of them is so bad too. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, is this plastic? Oh, that might be yours. Maybe, but you there are a couple some... good pillows on the other bed too. I need to bring them well, over. You bring those in. Yeah, anyway. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to confess. Okay, I was thinking about it. When we joined forces, we both were like very much old <laughs> and mm-hmm. we each brought a house full of crap into our shared house. So much crap. So when we merged households, we each were bringing our own shit and we each had full sets of shit. And I fought for the superiority of my shit 
because I just had a relationship with it and I thought it was better. But it's taken me a long time to realize actually all of your, I just went in with this pig headed notion that I have better stuff. (laughs) Actually, all of your stuff is of higher quality than mine because I was thinking, Mm. I've been thinking about how much a good pan makes a difference when you're cooking. And I would buy like a $7 frying pan at at like Ralph's. Yes, that's actually where I've acquired yes. most of my yes. pans. Whereas you have like Cuisinart or KitchenAid pans. And I was like, wow, this nonstick coating is really good and the pan is thick. And I think that we need to weed out our $7 or or I've also bought them at the dollar store. And I was thinking about all the different things. Are, are all my things Ralph's and dollar store <laughs> versions of whereas you and I... And I mean a little shade by this, even though some people might think this is a good thing. When you need to buy something, you're just like, I'm going to buy the expensive version of that thing. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to do all the research and I'm going to find a deal. And I really throw myself into like trying to like get the most frugal version of it. Hence, I think that I've got cheap crap and you've got high quality stuff that you overpaid for. And uh, as it turns out, you have better pillows than I do. So now I have them. Okay. Didn't overpay for them see here's the problem that that you even think of it that way so let's take clothes as an example okay or like a pair of shoes my clothes my clothes are not frugal let's take a pair of shoes okay you can buy there are two pair of shoes one they look the same pairs they look the same right one of them is six hundred dollars one of them is a hundred dollars but style it, you know, you could wear the $100 shoes. You could buy them, Walmart, let's say. And yeah, they look good. Why would you spend the $600? Except the $100 pair or By anything. the way, I don't think Walmart has shoes that cost $100. Let's, I'm just, honey. I know. I'm just saying. This is how okay, much the $30 your... pair of shoes. Thank you. Versus the $200 pair of shoes. Let's just make it more realistic. Uh, the, the cheaper shoes are going to wear out quicker and they're not going to be as nice in the time that you have them so you'll have it it will be less comfortable or you'll enjoy it less but also it lasts less and you have to buy it uh, you have to buy them again and again whereas the $200 pair is 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 more well made and you get more pleasure out of having it so in the end you spend the same amount of money because the amount of time that the $200 pair lasts you and the amount of times you have to keep rebuying the $30 pair. And also, you had a better experience during that time. So the pans, the pan, like, get a good pan. The pan distributes the heat better. It, like, is easier to cook on. You know, it doesn't, the handle doesn't get loose on the metal, stuff like that. Um, you go, well, yeah, it was like, but it was like four times as expensive. But you only have to buy one every six to ten years. Was it really only $28? I feel like it was probably more than that. I don't even know. I'm just saying. Like, even if it's a, even if it's way more expensive, like, it's still... Honestly, when it came to pots and pans, I never really thought about it. It was just like, I'm in... This is when I lived in New York. But I'm just saying, you there. just accused me philosophically of overspending things. Oh. And this is philosophically where I'm coming from. Like, I would rather buy a, a $300 pair of shoes that's going to last me a long time than buy a $90 pair of shoes that'll like where the threads come undone and the soles pop off after a year. 
Like, I don't know that I would say I did accuse you of overspending. I think what I'm saying is we approach money differently. Okay. I am more worried about money. You have a more like a um, less stress. Uh, I don't stress about it as much. Yes. That's right. And that actually is a, I think it's rare for a couple to both be on the exact same page about money, but that is a source of, has been a source of stress for us before. I think it's, and I think it's a good um, tension to have because, you know, there are times when your approach is right and there are times when mine is right. And so, you know. I will say, and I think I, I've probably shared this before, when you got laid off, you had this like, it's all going to work out attitude. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I, I trusted your it's all going to work out attitude for a while, but then I began to stress about it. And I, I was looking at you not getting stressed. And I, and I had this feeling of like, why are you not stressed? Like, why are, like, as if you should be, you got laid off, so therefore you should be miserable and suffering until you get another job. Like, you should, the anxiety that I'm feeling, I want to be able to, it would comfort me, this sounds so evil, it would comfort me to read that on your body too. you take that as a sign of actually paying attention to the problem. I mean, that's one of those things that's just like intrinsic in the way I grew up Mm -hmm. is like you got to constantly be showing people how stressed you are or something or something Mm -hmm. or else you're not like your responsibility is to be anxious and stressed. That's the responsible thing to do, which I don't agree that that's a good way to be at all. I just sort of in this unquestioning way, that's just how who I was and how I was. So. I was like, why are you not doing some version of pounding the pavement? Um, and I think we even had, didn't we even have a discussion about it? I think I, I finally know. cracked and I brought it up to you. But then you got a job. You, your old company hired you back. You're still there. Everything did work out. And that was a real lesson to me that I need to trust you and trust your faith a little more. Um. I, I mean, okay. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I think that generally I do get anxious about things. I do get stressed. But I think generally uh, I don't feel like anxiety and stress are useful. They aren't. So, I, you know, what you perceive as me not caring is 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 coming from a place of thinking that, you know, you have to be anxious and you have to be stressed in order to to solve this problem, in order to be taking it seriously. And I just think like... It doesn't help me to be stressed. I am working on the problem, but I'm not going to be stressed about it because it's not useful. Uh, what, what do they say about worry? It's uh, interest paid on a debt that never comes due. I'm not going to worry about things. I'm going to deal with the problems as they come. I will uh, handle them, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to. I'm going to try not to be too anxious about them. But I do get it. I mean, that's. It's not true that I don't get anxious. I do, but your anxiety just manifests in a different way than mine does. Yeah, I uh, manifest in, in yelling at me about the Epstein doc. But like in terms of, in terms of, yeah, I I get worried about shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I would say that uh, in terms of money, I do have a a feel. I have a belief that money comes and goes, and 
uh, you know, you, if you stress about it, it's, it, it's just is, it's sort of like our wedding. Um, I remember at the time there was a moment where we were going to spend more than we had budgeted and you were stressed about that. And I felt like, yeah, but the money will come to us. Like we, it be, better to spend it now on something that means something to us uh, because it's not in the, in the long term, you know, we'll pay for it. And I think that that you didn't quite, you weren't quite on board with that state of mind. But now looking back at where we were then, it's like we, we were able, yeah, we were fine. Like we totally, we could have afforded more if we, if we'd wanted to. Um, based on where we are now. Based on how things worked out. It's just yes, that you can't Yes, but I feel like there was the, no guarantee. No, but in my experience, and maybe this is coming from privilege or whatever, but it's just like, you know, don't be crazy. Don't be stupid. Don't buy a fucking car you can't afford. But it's like there are certain moments in your life where investing in something that you can't afford at that moment uh it's like do it because mm, I disagree with that because if you if you if you have a good trajectory on your finances and you think that like yeah like realistically we're going to be making more money like I don't I think it's better to have the experience that is worth it to you because that experience will be more valuable to you than um than whatever like stress you saved saving money I don't know Right. I'm, I'm I mean, bo- I think I'm that boring the shit out of myself right now. I'm I think sorry. that that's kind of the heart of where you and I are on different pages. But I, I just feel like it's it feels irresponsible of me to irresponsible to me to um, have faith that more money is going to come in. Why? Because I feel like that's not how money works. But it is. Has it never worked? I mean, like money, like. I, it doesn't for everybody. I right. recognize that. And so this is, this is again, I get it. This is... Um, I think being poor... But I was poor. I grew up poor. I, we were on food stamps. Uh, yeah. I was poor for throughout my 20s. I couldn't, I couldn't pay my bills. It's, it's not like I've been rich my whole life and, and I have this attitude as a result. It's just, I don't know. Like I just think... I don't know. I I need maybe I need to think about it more. And see, I think I, I could be wrong, folks. Ta- I could be wrong. The ta- no, I feel like the right the right thing is probably somewhere between you and me. And for me, the phase of my life where I could barely pay rent and I didn't know how to bring in money and I was just like I feel like that sort of traumatized me and left an imprint on me. So I feel like that could happen again somehow. It's Look, be smart about your money, right? Save your money, whatever. But don't do it in this in sacri- by sacrificing your your life now. Don't live so frugally and so that you don't experience your life a great a great d- go on a vacation. Can. Like if it's an expensive vacation but you can kind of afford it or maybe you take on a little bit of debt, but you you'll be able go on your fucking vacation because who the fuck knows what's going to happen. Mm, but but also don't take on debt if you can avoid it. You you have an aversion to debt that I don't share. Debt. Nobody who's rich has an aversion to debt. People who are rich take on debt all the fucking time. Debt is. This is boring. 
It's so fucking boring. Why did we do this? You did this. Why did I do this? You're you're the expert. I have faith in you to know what's interesting. And you you always let me down. (laughs) Just... I'm off my game today. I don't know what happened. I think it was the dream where Jay wouldn't tell me why I was persona non gratin. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna save this show. Okay, good because we're like way over time anyway. I'm gonna tell the story about plunging the sink. <laughs> oh my god! I, oh, I, just, I just heard them turn their phones off. I uh, had cut my hair, and the hair went down the drain, and then the drain wouldn't drain. And I thought I'm a homeowner. And these are my pipes now. And I'm not going to pour Drano down this drain. I'm going to think about the problem. And I thought, okay, the problem is that the little loop that goes under the thing was, had hair in it, so the hair couldn't go through. So I, all I need to do is get a plunger and press it down, and it'll force the hair out, mm. right? And so I got a plunger. I filled the sink with water. I put the plunger down. And right now, there are plumbers who are laughing because they know the thing that I forgot to do, which was I forgot to plug the overflow drain. So I plunged it down. Number one, I was right. It was successful. I cleared the drain. Number two, I got a face full. The, 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 my face was over the overflow thing. I got a face full of just sludgy nastiness just just splashed in on my whole in my beard and all over myself so um that's so gross but i I cleared the drain and it felt very good heroic and manly so folks plug that hole okay on that did i save the show you saved it you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you didn't enjoy this, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I feel that this was not our best. It was not our best. We tried our best, but it was not our best. But hey. Now I'm going to feel bad for It the wasn't week. our worst. Okay. No, don't feel bad for the week. I don't want to ruin your show. It's not you. I honestly have, I have anxiety. Ruined. You want to know what I have anxiety about? I have anxiety that you've been having me on so long mm-hmm. that people are going to stop listening to your show and I'm going to like... Like, this is my, you know, like, who wants to fucking listen to me? They want to listen to fancy-ass people out there and you interviewing them, not this guy. And so they hear me go on and on about my financial philosophy or some fucking thing about this I took you down thing. that bad road. And they go, gives a shit. Mm, well, here's what I think. Um, I actually think a lot of people will be interested in the financial stuff because it's on everyone's mind right now. Yeah. I know the... the Okay. <laughs> what were we going to say? Well, all of the um, unemployment is about to run out. The uh, eviction stays are mm. about to expire. People are about to hit with some serious, be hit with some serious financial problems. So if you're one of those people, my, I, my heart goes out to you. Right, that's why I feel like your advice to go on that vacation, I don't know if that's Well, so yeah, wise. okay, so in times of hardship, yeah, don't be a fucking idiot. Do you have another great drain story? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're bringing this show to a close. It's, it's extra long. You guys, if you've ever liked what you've heard, please leave a super... Just a super comment, a nice comment on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars is our favorite number, and uh, so we might read it on the show even. So do that. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, 
Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Big, big, big Thursday show this week. We've got Greg Heller, Jenna, and Al. Uh, and you're going to want to see the video from that. And that's a Patreon thing. So patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Uh, buy my book. Just follow me on social media at Allison Rosen everywhere. And listen to Childish. And um, again, if this one didn't float your boat, there's so many other episodes. But if it did, you're welcome, Daniel. Uh, yeah, follow me on you know Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Quants. I uh, have delayed my... I, I know I have announced a big oh, yeah. Quabi announcement. Uh, people have totally forgotten what the joke was with Quabi by now. Um, but I don't care. It's amusing to me. Um, I didn't post anything because I just feel like it's the wrong time. It feels like weird to oh. be making those kinds of jokes. So I'm going to... Uh, whatever. But um, yeah, follow me, whatever. Or don't. Or doesn't matter. Maybe I'm going to be doing more show promotions. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Retweet. Read the retweet resurgence. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time.